Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the second Sunday of End Time, Last Judgment Sunday. Our order of service is in the bulletin. We're going to begin right now with hymn number 207, The Day is Surely Drawing Near. Redeemer, make us free. 
worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking Him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Almighty God, merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful. I have disobeyed you and justly deserve your punishment both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for the evil I have thought, spoken, and done. And for the sake of my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given His only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by His authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Old Testament reading for this second Sunday of end time, last judgment Sunday, is from Daniel chapter 7 verses 9 to 10. Here we get a picture of Judgment Day, a vision that Daniel received of that day. Daniel said, As I looked, thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow. The hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire, and its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. Gives us a very awesome, fearful picture of that day. But uh, remember Judgment Day, the, the term sounds ominous, but really, Decision Day, and remember on that day, well, believers will be taken home to heaven. Unbelievers sentenced to eternal punishment. It'll be a wonderful day for us. Alleluia. Watch, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Alleluia. Alleluia. is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 to 11, a reading that does encourage us to be prepared for Judgment Day. The Apostle Paul was inspired to write, Now, brothers, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly, as labor pains on a pregnant woman, 
and they will not escape. But you brothers are not in, in darkness so that they should surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness, so then let us not be like the others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For Jesus did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Let's sing our next hymn, hymn number 401, Your Works Not Mine, O Christ.
The Word of God we want to consider today is our Gospel reading from Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 to 46, where Jesus said, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for those, for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow disciples of our Savior who are waiting for our Lord's return. There was a six-year-old golden-haired girl who had a strong, simple faith and, and she really appreciated the truths that she heard in Sunday school and especially seemed to be enthralled by the concept of the Lord's second coming, his return on the last day on Judgment Day. One morning, there happened to be a guest in her home, and the guest noticed the young girl meticulously taking care of things, cleaning up, organizing things in her room. And when the guest saw that, the guest commented, you sure keep your room nice and neat. And while looking up with a smile, she exclaimed, 
Yes, I'm putting everything in order because Jesus might come today. The little girl's eager anticipation, eager and hopeful anticipation for the Lord's return might seem a little bit strange. It might seem like, oh, the eager and hopeful anticipation that we have is often more directed when we think about coming Christmas time. We're eager to celebrate that, but the idea of the Lord's second coming, that's not something that generally we look at and have these eager, hopeful thoughts of anticipation for. Most people think of the last day of Judgment Day with a little bit of fear and apprehension. In a sense, they'd like to kind of push that day back a little bit if it were possible. But we are eager to celebrate Christmas, even though maybe it is a little bit of a struggle as we try to get ready and prepare for Christmas, doing all of the things that sometimes we think we need to do to get ready for Christmas. But we look forward to the get-togethers of family and friends, the the gift exchanges that we have, and remember that the gift exchanges that we have, it's all supposed to get us to think about the greatest gift of all that's been given to us, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Hopefully with every gift we're opening, we're, we're thinking about that great gift. We're, we're thinking also about the, oh, the Christmas dinners and everything like that, but we eagerly look forward to Christmas, but Judgment Day, that's a day that oftentimes we think about with a little bit of fear and apprehension. Doesn't get the eager anticipation that Christmas gets, but God's word for today, it reminds us that the last day is Jesus' disciples' happiest day the last day, judgment day. It's Jesus' disciples' happiest day. We disciples, students of our Savior, believers in our Savior, we can look forward to that day with eager anticipation, with eager anticipation, just like we look forward to celebrating Christmas. And again, the last day, judgment day, is... Jesus' disciples' happiest day. And it's our happiest day because then the Lord will again appear, but in his glory. Then the Lord will separate his disciples from all their enemies. Then the Lord will pronounce the most gracious verdict. And then the Lord will take his disciples to reign with him. Our reading, it's the conclusion of Jesus' rather long answer to a question that his disciples asked him in a private set setting. They asked him, when will this all happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Now, after telling the disciples the signs of the end of the world, that there would be 
wars and rumors of wars, famines, earthquakes, pestilences. Oh, pestilences, that's oh, plagues or diseases, terrible diseases. There would be those earthquakes. There would be false prophets. Well, he talked about all of those things that were coming. And then Jesus is ready to let out or put, out, put together uh, the sequence of events that will occur when that day finally does come. Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. Jesus, the Son of Man, as he describes himself, reminding us that he's the Son of Man, true man, but of course also he's the true Son of God, the Son of God. Well, he came once in grace when he came to that barn in Bethlehem to be born of Mary. He came on a donkey into Jerusalem thinking of Palm Sunday and, and he came on that hill to Calvary to go to the cross to suffer and die to pay for our sins. He was coming there in grace to pay for our sins. Today, he still graciously comes to us and he comes to us in, in word and sacraments to bless us through the gospel, to bless us through baptism, to bless us through the Lord's Supper. But there will come a day when he will come again as the divinely appointed judge. When he comes again, he will come in glory. It will be a magnificent sight. What an amazing sight that will be. Our world will have never seen anything like it. And, oh, if you kind of compare, there's quite a bit of pomp and circumstance that's involved when a president is inaugurated here in our country, or, well, there probably was a whole lot more. I didn't watch any of the festivities, but if you think about when Prince Charles became King Charles, when he was crowned king, there was an awful lot of pomp and ceremony, but when the Lord Jesus comes, it's going to make that look like nothing. It's going to be so amazing, so magnificent. He'll come in his glory and he'll come with all of his angels, it says. Then our Savior will have complete control over all things. He will show his complete control over all things. He says, all the nations will be gathered before the Son of Man. I remember an older member here at Calvary years ago. He's in heaven now. But I remember him when I was talking in a devotion at his home, talking about Judgment Day, the Lord coming, returning, raising all the dead and having everything go on on Judgment Day. I remember him being just absolutely befuddled, thinking, how on earth is that possible? How could Jesus possibly do what he says he's going to do on Judgment Day? How would he get all of the billions and billions of people who have ever lived here on this earth, will ever live on this earth, get them all to stand before his Judgment Day on that day? And, well... When our 
simple minds try to think about the concept. How is that going to work? It is beyond us. We struggle with, well, how on earth do you end up getting 70,000 plus people into a, a football stadium? How, for example, do you get, it's rush hour traffic and you got two lanes of traffic and they need to be narrowed down into one lane because of road construction. We struggle with little things like that. But when we think of our Lord and all that he does for us, gathering people together for, for judgment day, well, think of his glory. He created all things in six 24-hour days. And he defeated Satan, sin, death, and hell with Jesus going to the cross and suffering and dying and paying for all of our sins. That's the most enormous work that Jesus accomplished, we could say. He did that. And, well, gathering all the people together on the last day for Judgment Day, that's going to be an easy task for our almighty, all-knowing, all-glorious God. Well, Jesus says, the Son of Man will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. When that happens, it won't be an indiscriminate assembly of chaos and disorder. It all will be orderly and not chaos. Everything in order. Remember that our judge, he's also our good shepherd. Our good shepherd who will separate his disciples, the sheep, from his enemies, the goats. And now when he says that, it's not anything saying negative about goats. It's just talking as a shepherd can easily separate the sheep from the goats. They're different. So also for Jesus, separating believers from unbelievers, an easy task for him. No mistakes will be made. No one will be overlooked. Ram Eaton, he spent 16 years in prison, even though he was completely innocent. And at the end of his time before behind bars, when it was realized that he was innocent, he made this observation. He said, I didn't have a dime in my pocket or a friend in the world when they put me on trial for armed robbery. That's why I spent 16 years in prison for a crime committed by two other men while I was 1,700 miles away. I am free now, completely vindicated. Life played a dirty trick on me in circuit court. Such an injustice will never happen in God's courtroom. No one will be able to claim that he got a bad rap or was the victim of a, of a dirty trick. And that's because, again, think about it, our judge, he's Jesus, our good shepherd. He's the one who wants us in heaven with him. And he does everything for us so that we can be in heaven with him. He lived and died for us to pay for all of our sins to win us heaven. 
Now Jesus said, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Our Lord here is announcing his most gracious verdict. Even though he knows all of the sins that you and I have ever or will ever commit, he knows all of those sins even before the sinful thought even comes to our minds. He knows all of those things and he knew all of those sins even before he created the world. And now that's amazing to think about. Even though he knows that, he has prepared an eternal home for us in heaven. That's grace. That's amazing grace. When he lists the good deeds of believers here, what he's talking about is our fruits of faith, the fruits of faith that are in our lives, evidence of the fact that the Holy Spirit has graciously worked faith in us, worked faith in our hearts. And now it's significant that as Jesus talks about us here, he calls us righteous. He doesn't list a single sin that we have committed. He doesn't list any of those against us. That's because the blood of Jesus, God's Son, purifies us from all sin. And again, that's nothing but the grace of God. And when the scriptures say, all our righteous acts are like filthy rags, all our feeble, faulty efforts at trying to serve our Lord Jesus, they've all been cleansed of their sinfulness. By grace and grace alone, we are holy and righteous before God. But we believers will ask, Lord, when did we do these things for you? Basically, what we're saying is, nothing in my hand I bring simply to thy cross, I claim. I don't have anything to come before you, Savior, to claim that I am worthy. Well, Jesus will respond to that. I tell you the truth, whatever you did for the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. The Lord doesn't look at the imperfect things that we do in faith as a payment for getting us into heaven, but they are precious in his sight. The feeble attempts that we make to serve our Savior, they're precious in God's sight. And our good works are like, I often say, the art projects that a young child would, would make for his parents that maybe end up on the refrigerator door. Those works that are made by a young child, well, sometimes they could maybe be pretty good, but most of the time they're scribbling, they're, 
the coloring isn't between the lines. They're actually ugly when you get right down to it, but yet they're precious to the parent because the child did them for the parent. And now see, that's how God views anything that we do as in faith for him, our good works, as deeds done for him. Feeble efforts, but precious in his sight, and they've been cleansed of their sin and holy and precious because of Jesus. But now to the goats, Jesus will say, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Why does Jesus sentence them to eternal punishment? Well, it's not because he really wants to. He would want them to be in heaven with him forever, but he'll sentence them to eternal punishment because they rejected his forgiveness. They rejected that same grace that cleanses us of all of our sins and makes us holy before God. And because they reject that grace, there are no good works in their lives. Scripture says without faith it's impossible to please God. See now, the only difference between the sheep and the goats, between believers and unbelievers, is God's grace. It's God's grace. When we hear Jesus say to them, depart from me to the goats, then we just have to say, there but for the grace of God go I. There but for the grace of God go I. And rejoice that God has been gracious to us, that he's been gracious and merciful to me. And then also, of course, make every effort that we possibly can to share God's grace with those who don't yet know Jesus. Jesus said, then unbelievers will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Eternal life, where the disciples of Jesus, where we will reign with him and forever enjoy his heavenly kingdom. And it's all because of the grace of God. And now isn't that great and amazing? We sinners, by the grace of God, will end up living and reigning with our Savior forever in heaven. That's not where we should end up being, but because of God's grace, that's where we will be. King David said, the Lord does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. How many of you are ready for Christmas? That's maybe a strange question to ask at a time like this right now when we've just celebrated the Reformation and Halloween. Thanksgiving is still almost two weeks away, and most of us, well, most of us, some really organized people maybe are all ready for Christmas, but most of us probably have done very little at this point to get ready for Christmas, but really, aren't we always ready? 
to celebrate Christmas and to rejoice in the baby born in Bethlehem to save us from our sins and to give us eternal salvation. And what a great day it's going to be when our Lord Jesus comes again to when he returns because the last day, Judgment Day, is the is Jesus' disciples' happiest day. Our happiest day. It's our happiest day because then our Lord, he's going to take us home to heaven, a place where none of the problems, none of the troubles that are a part of this life, none of those things will we ever face ever again. And it's all because of God's grace. Because of God's grace. Because the Holy Spirit is working, graciously working, in our hearts and because he's working in our hearts well with joy also we can always be like that six-year-old golden-haired girl who with a smile on her face said yes i'm putting everything in order because jesus might come today And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God Almighty, so rule and govern our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit that we may always look forward to the end of this present evil age and to the day of your righteous judgment. Keep us steadfast in true and living faith and present us at last holy and blameless before you. We pray through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And Lord God, with Veterans Day being this past week, we, we are so very thankful for all those people who have served to give us the freedoms that we have in our country, and we're so thankful for those that continue to serve to give us freedom. And as we think about those, we're, we're so appreciative of the freedom that we have here in our country to worship you and to spread the message of your grace and love. Please help us to take advantage of those, those blessings. But as we cherish the fact that some have sacrificed their lives for our freedom here in our country, we're so especially thankful 
that we have a Savior who sacrificed his life for us so that we can look forward to eternal life in heaven. We can look forward to Judgment Day like that six-year-old golden-haired girl and say, Jesus might be coming today. And say that with joy in our hearts, eager anticipation in our hearts. Help us always to look forward to that day. Help us to be ready for that day by being close to you and your word and by doing everything that we can to, to share your word. And in our prayers today, we especially remember Stan Krawczyk. He's home from the hospital, but under hospice care and not very responsive at the present time. Lord God, it appears that Stan will soon be with you in heaven, enjoying the beginning of eternal life that we can look forward to as well. Lord God, be with him, be with his family, keep on showing to them your amazing grace and love and, and show him your presence. Let him know that you're there, that you're with him, and that you'll be with all of us as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death and that we can fear no evil. We need not fear any evil because you are with us. And we gather up all other prayers we have today as we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America, my home, sweet home. Again, I say thank you for joining us for worship today. Only real announcement I have to share with you. Well, Devin Nelson does have a birthday today. And, well, just a reminder that a week and a half from now, we'll have our Thanksgiving Eve service with the Lord's Supper. That'll be Wednesday night at 6.30 p.m. Hope you can plan to join us for that. Again, thank you for joining us today. The Lord bless and keep you always. Please remember to keep all of our people on our prayer list in your prayers. Look over the prayer list if you don't have that. Well, maybe.
make sure to get with me so that I can get a bulletin copy to you. Again, the Lord bless and keep you always.